like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here this week, uh, the third week of September 2021, in our theme of representing. And we've got a Bong Joon-ho film for you tonight we're going to be reviewing called Mother from 2009. Not to be confused with Darren Aronofsky's Mother with an exclamation point um, from much later. But nevertheless, uh, it is one that people always assume I'm about to talk about when I mention this movie. Um, we will get into our review of Mother in just a little bit. But before we do... We like to catch up with how things have been going and what we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how's it going? Good. Um, yeah, I've been really busy. I had a friend here visiting from Detroit. Oh, crap. That's right. We recorded on like a Monday. Uh, no, on a Tuesday. So I have more to talk about than normal. All right. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So we went... Uh, to like Sun Valley, Ketchum area. We went to some of my favorite spots. We went swimming and spelunking and ate lots of very delicious food. I'm very tired still, even though she went home like Monday afternoon. I'm just getting old and I just don't, you know, I go hard (laughs) when I'm on my vacations. I don't like rest. So, but we had a really good time. Well, that's that's the important thing. I mean, you want to have a good time when your friends are uh, visiting from somewhere afar, especially in today's world, right? Where we don't know when the next time could be. I know it's been a really long time since I've had any visitors. Yeah, I mean, I would say at least a a year would be my guess. Um, I think almost two, actually. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. It's been a, a bit of a, you know, adventure here with all of the, the viruses and things of that nature. So it doesn't seem like it's stopping anytime soon. So it, it does not. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get this under control. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Mm. Only time will tell, I suppose. Only time will tell. I got nothing. Um, oh, God. So, uh, that's, well, it's good though that you had, you know, company and you had a good time, got to do some stuff. Um, yeah. did you work the rest of the week or were you off the whole week? Oh no. I went back, right back to work on Tuesday. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, dedicated employee just there to work. <laughs> clock in, clock out. Um, yeah, we've, you know, uh, work's been pretty good, uh, we had some testing stuff going on this week that was, it's always like a pain, but uh, then there was an announcement in Florida that we're changing the testing, um, what what they're going to be testing and how we're going to test is supposed, it sounds good, like the change that was stated sounds good, but um, until I see like, and actually like in practice, I'm always going to be apprehensive about testing because it's generally just bad, but um. Had some good stuff like that at work, but I had a really cool moment. Um, for my first year group, I started their their first film study we did a couple weeks ago was Back to the Future. 
And I had a student today hand me this, like, a thick envelope. And it was like, this is from my parents. And I'm like, okay. And uh, I, I oh, open God. it. And it's, um, like, a packet of all these, uh, like, copies of the Back to the Future documents throughout the, the whole trilogy. So, like, I have just the cover of, like, Ray Sports Almanac and um, the the two tales from uh, science, like, one that the kid has when he crashes through the bar. And he's like, look, see, he's turning into a, a human form or whatever. And then um, the the book that George McFly writes at the end of, of the first movie. And... Um, just all these cool, like, you know, recreations of the different documents from the movies, the the entire trilogy. And I'm just like baffled. I mean, again, they're, they're obviously copies. They're not like props from the film or anything, but they're still like, they're really nicely printed and they're, it's very cool. I'm a huge back to the future trilogy nerd. Like I love the entire trilogy. It's one I, I actually list it as my favorite trilogy over star Wars, over Lord of the Rings. It is the, the three films together that I think are, are a blast. I do have a lot of issues with the second movie. Love the first and third so much. Um, I still love the second one, but I, I get, I get very, I don't, I am starting to question whether or not, or not my theories of how the time travel in that movie is supposed to work, but I still feel pretty strong about it. So it always bothers me. Nevertheless, huge fan. So it was great getting all these like documents. One the, probably the coolest thing is an envelope that is written out to doc that, you know, Marty puts the letter in to like warn him about the, you know the what's going to happen in the movie but in the envelope there's uh the picture of marty with his brother and sister that they're fading there's a picture that i'm pretty sure is a set photo of like the whole cast together in like the end of the first movie um which i've never seen in any movie so i thought that was a cool like a little touch um the letter that he wrote to, to him uh biff dollars from the future where biff is like the president essentially um like just all these little cool memorabilia things and it was a total surprise um but i'm super grateful and it's awesome like it's just really really cool something i'm gonna Very get so much so um i'm hoping you know when i when i teach back to the future again i'll have this like a little binder of all, i'm gonna put it in like binder with the protector sleeves kind of thing mm-hmm. um so I can like, you know, hey, check this out. This is like stuff from the movies that we're watching. And I just I think it's really cool. Um, But yeah, so that was that. I got that today. And I th- I was just like, I've been blown away by it all day because it uh, it's just again, like you said, it's super thoughtful and it came out of nowhere. Like I had no anticipation of getting anything. And w- I mean, we um, I don't know. I'm just I'm baffled. I really want I got to reach out to the parents and thank them because I just I, I like I went back up to her. I'm like is this for me to keep or was this just like you're showing me this thing? Cause I was like really thrown. Um, she's like, you know, yeah. I'm like, I, thank you so much. This is so cool. Like I, I don't even know if they understand how nerdy I am for back to the future. Like I really, really love like back to the future related stuff. I don't own as much as I would even like. Um, but I, like I have a, someone last year gave me a, a miniature hoverboard that I think came in one of the loot crates that they got. And I never found out who gave it to me. It was just in my mailbox uh, in, at work. Like I have, we have like a mailbox is a strong, there are cubbies that we have with our names on it. And it was like in my cubby. I I assume it's a coworker, but no one ever like said, Hey, I'm giving you this. It just was in my box. And I've never found out who gave it to me. Um, but I was very grateful because I love it. And you know, I have like two of the, there's a company I buy shirts from that are like really cool, like print. Uh, I'm not going to share their name because one, they're not a sponsor, but two, I also, it's already hard enough to get the shirts as it mm. is. I don't want to add to like people listening. Um, but I have two back to the future shirts. I have matching masks for one of them and a similar 
pattern masks that are all from the same company uh that like i wear i i believe you have bought me a pair of back to the future socks my wife has bought me a pair of back to the future socks so like i i am frequently exhibiting my love of that that franchise uh franchise is a strong word that trilogy and um yeah i just it was it's it's cool getting to teach it and most of my students all liked it there's a few who you know it's it's an 80s movie so it still comes off as an 80s movie for some and that's not always a good thing for some people i get that um but yeah uh but that's pretty much you know what, what i've been doing but i've been watching a lot uh so you want to go first uh yeah i'll go first um i don't have a whole lot i have been um oh god I had the unfortunate experience of seeing Malignant. Ah, you didn't it was, like it either. <laughs> it was terrible. I, it was just so bad. While uh, my friend was here visiting, we went to the movies on Saturday night. I usually avoid the movies on the weekend. Well, I'll go on Sundays, but Saturdays I usually avoid it. But uh, the crowd wasn't bad and there weren't a whole lot of people anyway. But it was just terrible. I, you know, like when I don't like something so much or on the other end, you know, if I love something and, you know, people are, have a differing of opinion, I just am like, did we watch the same movie? Yeah. You know, and like, you could see so much of what was coming in that movie coming. Like, you know, and I'm just like, oh, just stop it. Um, I saw again on Sunday, my friend wanted to go to back to the movies surprisingly after we had the shared experience of a malignant but she still had a fun time (laughs) we went and saw Candyman, which was the second time for me i Mm -hmm. just love that movie so much and um then i have been watching the netflix show mind hunter and Ah, yes david fincher attached yeah I think that I'm either on episode 9 or 10. I think I'm on episode 10. Didn't get to finish it because I've been a little busy. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. And that's all I've been watching. That's been on my radar for a little bit. I have not jumped into it. But, oh. So I've watched a lot of older stuff um, and some new stuff. I watched Christine. um, Mm. Just getting through uh, the Carpenter movies that I haven't seen. Or at least I I hadn't seen since I was a kid kind of thing, uh, which is Christina. I feel very confident I saw it when I was younger. Had not watched it uh, as an adult. I really enjoyed watching it. I'm loving going through the Carpenter movies with uh, the Blank Check guys. Um, I watched The Stepford Wives, which completed my Alex Ross Perry suggested horror list to uh, understand Halloween better. Um, Stepford Wives, 1975, to be correct. And I uh, liked that uh, quite a bit as well, although my print that I got on DVD was annoying and it doesn't have closed captions on it and oh. like at all, like it's not even an option. And it was annoying uh, because I feel like the audio mix on that movie is up and down quite a bit. And there were times where I could not hear what they were saying. Like, and I could hear the music still, but could not understand the words. And I don't know if that was by design. It felt like I should have been able to understand the words. I watched the new uh, Mary Kate, uh, sorry, Mary Elizabeth Winstead movie um on netflix called kate that's where the kate came in um it's it's like another wannabe john wick kind of movie i like her enough that i found it mostly entertaining it's not perfect but there's a couple of cool action sequences that i like um so overall found it watchable 
watched Mother, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, introduced my cousin and uh, my friend to Big Trouble in Little China. Um, and I kind of owed them a really good movie because we all went to see Malignant together <laughs> earlier that day. Um, and we ended up spending the whole day together, had dinner, and uh, oh, fun. Uh, got we we had lunch and then we later made uh bought frozen pizzas and watched big trouble in little china which was a blast uh had a real good time doing that um we i did find malignant in entertaining but like you know like laugh at it kind of like the room and troll 2 kind of way which apparently is what james wan was going for i listened to a review on from this uh the film cast they had the uh managing editor for fangoria magazine on and she had made some really good points she referenced a lot of movies i've never seen that uh that malignant was basically riffing on and like purposely Juan set out to make a b movie i don't know if that didn't click for me but i totally can understand why that makes more sense to what the movie is um but that's just not really what i i look for in a horror film so i'm being a little more kind than the review i gave it on uh bamp this week um, I watched two Altman movies. I watched MASH for the first time from 1970. And uh, it's mostly good. There's some definitely some stuff that doesn't age well because it's 1970. Uh, so some of it was like, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But I really love Donald Sutherland. Um, and then I watched Nashville. Gore, have you ever seen Nashville? I think uh, everyone should watch this movie. Um, it's such an interesting tale. There are 24 main characters in this movie. Whoa. And somehow it doesn't feel overwhelming and you really understand each of the characters goals and what's going on. And it's, it's crazy. It's so good. Uh, there was a part it's long. I won't lie to you cause I know how you are, but I was like an hour in and I wasn't really sold. And I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. And then all of a sudden the movie was over and I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen ever. And I don't know what changed. I don't know what clicked, but suddenly I was like totally invested in this movie and loved it. And I, I just, I'm like, uh, it's a pretty iconic film. A lot of people put it like top five, like, or have it five star, that kind of thing. But it just, I, I mentioned it to Matt. He hadn't really heard much about it. Like he'd heard of it, but never like looked at what it was. And um, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, I watched Prince of Darkness, which was one of the only 80s Carpenter films I'd never seen. Um, and uh, it's, it's wild. I had fun with it. Um, it's definitely like, it's out there, but uh, it's it's really, I found it entertaining. Um, and then uh, I've had a student uh, for about a week or two telling me I should watch Apostle on Netflix. I feel like this one you might have seen, but it's uh, the same director from The Raid and The Raid 2, uh, Gareth Evans, who uh, he just directed a TV show. But this movie stars Dan Stevens, who I'm always in for, uh, Michael Sheen, who is fantastic in this movie, and then Lucy Boynton, um, who is from Sing Street. That's where I know her. Uh, best um there's a few other people who look familiar but i couldn't quite place any of the other guys um but man uh this this movie's pretty wild it's a solid horror film um it does uh i where i thought it was gonna go it goes a little crazier and i found that really interesting and it definitely had me uh you know set to watch so if you haven't seen apostle i i recommend it I was while I was watching, I was like, um, I almost messaged you, but I, I don't remember what we were talking about. But like you were, you started texting me like some very serious, like texts, and I was like, it's probably not an appropriate time to like. Welcome to being my friend. <laughs> like, 
Well, it was probably it was probably not like an appropriate time to be like, "Hey, have you ever watched this horror movie that I'm watching?" While you're like messaging me, like, <laughs> I don't see, John, like, my life is a horror movie. Yeah, so I, I didn't I didn't ask, and then um, but now I'm asking. Uh, so yeah, if you it's didn't, I think you'd like it. Apostle, yeah. Okay. Um, very. Uh, and I'm waiting. I haven't told the student that I've watched it yet. I'm gonna wait until she asked me because she's like, the other day she's like, "I'm gonna ask you every week." So I'm like, "All right," and then I want to she'll. She asked me next week. I'll be like, I did watch it. Ha ha. Um, but then I started a letterbox list uh, where I am. I'm going to whenever a student recommends it, I'm, I always add them to my watch list. But my watch list on letterbox is like twelve hundred. Um, so realistically. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not. It's sixteen hundred ninety seven. So I'm approaching the seventeen hundred mark with my movies. I want to watch on letterbox. Gee, um, and some of those, I, I I don't remember what's all on here. So I, but uh, now when students recommend something, I'm going to add it to a separate student like suggestion list. I'll still add it to my watch list because to me those are like you know they're relevant together. But I, I like to be able to like um, keep kind of track of what I actually have watched that students have recommended. So that's my uh, my new plan. So I've, I currently just have that movie on that list. But as students recommend stuff, because every once in a while like. I watched um, Dark Passenger uh, earlier last year um, because of a student who recommended it, which now that I thought of that, I'll add it to that list as well. But um, I thought it would be fun to kind of do that because, you know, it might encourage them to uh, try to stump me with stuff I haven't seen, which they watch a lot of Netflix, um, like way more than I think I ever watched because they that's like usually they have Netflix and they'll just pick whatever. Um, <laughs> and uh, but. On that note, to wrap up, I did watch um, the most recent episode of What If and What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, what If is the Marvel like animated series on Disney Plus, and What We Do in the Shadows is the series on FX slash Hulu. Um, I love that show. I found episode three of season three to be extra fantastic, and I had a blast like laughing along with it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been watching. Nice. I think we will jump into Mother. From 2009, uh, this was my selection for the the second um, my second pick of the month from me. Uh, Bong Joon Ho is a director who I've everything I've seen so far I've really enjoyed, and we've already watched Akja of his this year. Um, we've watched on I think we've done almost all of his movies on this podcast except for Parasite because we did Snowpiercer. I'm pretty sure, like way early, maybe not even that early. I watched that in theaters. Maybe we, I don't know. May, I I've talked about his movies a lot. I know we did Snowpiercer on Vampocalypse, so I've covered okay. in some capacity on a podcast. We did Akja last month or the month before. We we did Mother now, and I am by the end of the year going to watch um, Mem- Memories of a Murder. But I think if I remember correctly, that I have that on uh, Mint in Box, but I'm not a hundred percent because I'm trying not to like force you to buy something. Um, but it is on Hulu currently. Uh, it's just a matter of will it be on Hulu in a month? Okay, maybe it's not on here. But I am going to watch that before the end of the year. And uh, there's two other movies of his. Um, one I own, which is something with dog, something about a dog. I can't remember what the title is. And then a movie called Tokyo, which was really hard to find until recently. It's available on Canopy um, to rent. And uh, so. I've wanted to see Mother. I bought Mother a while back. Uh, we did host, though, on this podcast. Sorry, okay. I almost forgot to say it. Um, and 
I don't think we did Parasite on the podcast, but I I, I did see Parasite. We might have been able to. I don't know because it, it, it was not. We didn't see it till after it got nominated for an Oscar. But um, I, I'm a huge fan of everything I've seen of his so far, and I wanted to watch Mother. Um, and so I picked it. Uh, it's directed by him, written by him, and I'm gonna just butcher every one of these names because I did not think to prepare ahead of time. Um, Uncao Park. I'm sure that's wrong. Um, it stars Haija Kim, Wan Bin, Jingu, Jaemun Yun, Masan Jean, Saibiak Song. I'm sure I butchered all of those, and I apologize for my insensitivity and attempts. I hope I'm in the ballpark. I just, I, I have no idea. There's a couple of the, like, B-Y-E-O-K, Bayak, I'm guessing. I It's uh, sometimes... My American shows way too strong, and I apologize. Um, anywho, to be fair, several of the actors that I just listed are not in a lot of other things. This, like, um, Haija Kim, as far as movies go, I think she's only in like five or six, uh, but she is really our star. She is the titular mother. This movie has a 79 meta score, a 7.8 IMDb user score, which I'm actually a little impressed by. Um, I wasn't sure how this movie would sit with the main audience, but for me, I was hooked in the opening scene um, because the scene opens with a wide shot of a woman walking through an empty field and the camera, it's all one take. The camera cranes down. We, we move her into the center of the frame and she's just standing there. And then she starts dancing. There is music playing, but you're not really sure if she can hear the music or not. It doesn't make sense given what we can see. There's nowhere music could be coming from, but she's definitely dancing to the music um it's an interesting dance there's a few moments where she pauses looks like she gets a little emotionally overwhelmed but then resumes dancing finally ending uh with a different kind of jump cut shot of her and the title mother comes up on the left side i know the scene so well because not only did i watch it and was just kind of mesmerized by the opening of the scene but then i had to show it to my students uh in film one and film two um just the opening sequence just to hook them uh and like we're not watching this movie, but it is on Hulu if you're interested in watching it. Um, I I was just like, okay, what am I in for here? I had no clue. And that's one of the things I love about him is no matter what the story is, there's always a sense of humor. He's always able to have this kind of wryness to it that I don't know that other filmmakers could approach. And while watching this, I immediately was like, do I not know some cultural things about south korea like there are things that right away that i'm like is that normal and then it's quickly no it is not normal this the behavior of mother and son uh early on in display um is like nope this is abnormal everyone around them thinks it's weird thank goodness because it would have made me extra uncomfortable had it not been weird um and then we do get some explanation as to why um yoon do jun is the way he is uh, not a full explanation, but enough to like, he's not all there. I think you can read into a few things, but there's no official statement of what is wrong with him, but he's not, not all there at all times. Um, and the premise is simply a mother desperately searches for the killer who framed her son for a girl's horrific murder. Um, so he's been arrested. This is pretty early in the movie and she's the rest of the film is her trying to solve the crime to prove his innocence. Um, I found this movie endlessly engaging, uh, shocking at times. 
there is one scene that when we get to spoilers, I am definitely going to spend. I've been waiting for a week to talk to someone about it because I don't know anyone who's seen this movie. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, uh, no one else oh. has seen this yet. So I'm like, oh, wow. I, I want to talk about this so bad, but I, I got to wait. Um, but I, I loved it. Uh, just like I've so far, I've really liked all of his movies, but, um, I don't know. This one's up there for me. Like I said this to uh, a few people, but when this movie ended, the feeling of euphoria that I had for what I just experienced of like the craftsmanship, the, the performances, the story, it, it reminds me of why I, I spend so much time with movies. It's movies like this that blow me away in every aspect, every regard clearly my like review is obvious that what what i'm gonna say at the end of this but i i am so blown this is such an early film for him too like this is 2009 like it just right away shows the talent that bong joon ho is working with um he's he's brilliant i i can't wait to finish this filmography i kind of wish i'd save some of the newer films um because i only the the two films i have remaining um all the three films i have remaining are all before mother. So they're all even older, but memories of a murder is like super well regarded and is, uh, I bought the criterion this year that just released. Um, that was one of the three criterions that I bought during the summer sale. And I haven't watched it yet, but it's, it's high on my list. Um, I'd like to know the Corey, what did you think of mother? Um, I enjoyed it. I think that he does a really good job of building tension. Yeah, he does. You know, like I was, pretty uncomfortable probably like five minutes in which that's when i was pulled in um i like i don't know his he's just so good at creating like that sense of dread um i think that i was thinking that the like the story was so unexpected um what happens i guess but then i was remembering his first movie that i saw which was Snowpiercer, and there was a lot, you know, a lot of things I couldn't even see coming in that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that he's a very hmm, different storyteller. Like, I haven't seen anyone tell stories like him before. I enjoyed it. Maybe not as much as you, but one of the one of the things with that opening sequence too, um, I just I feel pretty confident with him that there's not going to be a scene in the movie that doesn't pay off in some way. Mm-hmm. So like I'm looking at the scene, I'm like, what is this? What am I seeing here? Like, what am I supposed to take from this? And I'm not questioning it in a negative way. I'm questioning it in an anticipatory way. Like I can't wait to find out why he started right here. And when we come back to that scene because it is like cold open. Like we're going to come back to the scene. It's after the scene I want to talk about. And I was just like, Oh my God, that is nuts. Like we joined her at a really weird time uh, for her to like, you know, she's dancing to try to like forget, I guess is a way to say it. Um, it's man, crazy, crazy this so I'm just I, every once in a while when we're on the re- recordings I like scroll through letterbox and I just caught a review and I'm not uh, agreeing with this but I found this review to be great it says consider this colon Bong Joon-ho is God and God is lowercase so it's not implying he's the guy but a guy and 
you know, if if that was like a filmmaking, it's hard to argue with that. I just think the dude is masterful. Um, it's, well, I'm so glad he won the Oscar for Parasite because it's otherwise I I don't know. Like I'd seen Snowpiercer already before Parasite, but I don't think I dove into his filmography. And Parasite definitely made me more aware of him. And I think more he's a more acknowledged filmmaker collectively, um, in America, uh, because you know we aren't the best at foreign films. I I can't wait to see what he's doing next. Um, I haven't actually heard. I'm trying to figure out now if it's listed. Um, it is not. So whatever he's working on is not yet up like updated. Um, uh, to to show on Letterbox like what he's working on. So I'm I can't wait. I hope he's really taking his time and picking a script he cares about. Seems to be his mo. Um, you know he's been working for a while now, but his earliest film is the uh, Barking Dogs Never Bite from 2000. He's got some shorts before that, um, and then uh, Memories of Murder 2003, The Hostess 06, Tokyo's 08, and then Mother, um, which we are talking about now. Um just man what what a filmmaker um nothing else pre-spoiler i love it Corey likes it uh we're gonna get into the spoilers guys from out here on outwards we're gonna talk about this movie in great detail you have been warned okay so the scene i want to talk about and where i think i i think the whole movie's brilliant but this scene in particular i think shows his understanding of genre and audience expectation and how to subvert them um she has multiple times been in scenarios, mother, that's all she's listed as in credits and everything. Um, multiple times has put herself in a position where we're worried for her safety, right? Like when she suspects the son's friend, um, Jinta, Jinta as the potential actual murderer. And she like breaks into his little apartment and like finds the golf club that has what she thinks is blood, but later turns out to be lipstick in a kind of sad way. Um, like, but that whole scene where she's like waiting in the closet, really stressful. And we've seen her in these moments, but now the biggest break of the case has happened. And uh, her son has told her she, he remembered seeing somebody at the abandoned building where the girl was found. She shows pictures on the phone. He says, ah, it's the junk shop elder. And so she goes to him, right? And so we think he's the potential killer because that's we are being revealed information as the case is being solved which is one of the reasons it makes the mystery part of this movie really great because we have an unreliable narrator in the sun who has memory gaps he doesn't remember everything um because of some type of implied and stated mental disorder he's definitely not um they never say what disorder or anything like that but it's it's very blatant he has something wrong with his head he gets like migraines and he like rubs his temples and he, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But she goes to the junk dealer and we are under the suspicion he might be the killer. And he's acting kind of shady. Like he's a little too excited that there's a woman alone with him. Like it, it, I'm very much fearing for her life. And Bong Joon-ho does such a good setup with that because we have every reason to suspect him as the killer. We know that the deceased, um, whose name I am now going to forget. Is it, it's a uh, moon. Ajong, I think. Um, she, we know that she had slept with the junk dealer and that she had pictures of the different, uh, that's the mom, uh, how she had the pictures. I forgot that detail. So like 
we know he slept with a young kid at the very least. And the way he's acting is very possible. He's the murderer. And then the this is the moment we get the truth. That uh, Moon called him a retard. I'm not calling him that. That was her word. That's it's said a couple of times in the in the uh, yeah. throughout the film. And he had been told the son had been told to defend himself. So he picks up a giant rock. He is intoxicated in that moment throws it at her and it's a brutal scene to see it happen and then he hides the body well i guess hide is the wrong word he yeah displays the body um and the junk dealer reveals this all to the mother that i witnessed this i'm going to call the police because they're going to let him out she snaps i see it coming but at the same time i'm like oh no and then she kills him like this whole time she's been with a wrench She's been defending her son and she was so sure he was innocent only to find out now that not only is he not innocent, but this man is an eyewitness who will condemn him forever. And she acts. And that's the, what I'm talking about is that the movie, the scene sets up where we think she's in danger. And the reality is he was the one always in danger. He was not a bad man. I mean, he still did something wrong. I, 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 it's implied that moon is in high school. And he slept with her, so that's messed up. But he's not a killer. And in fact, when uh, it's raining, the mother takes an umbrella from his cart and she offers him like two bills. I don't know how much actual money it is, but two bills. And he only takes one of the bills, even though she offered him both. You know, so like there was a sign that he wasn't a terrible person, but now he's a threat to her and it flips this whole scene we're expecting her to be the one in danger and the whole time it's him. And I was just like, that's masterful. And after she burns the building down to cover up the murder, she's in the empty field and the dancing and the way the movie ends where she's on the bus and she gives herself the acupuncture that she'd referenced a few times in the movie that she knew a point that would like make you forget the bad things. And she does that to herself at the end of the movie and is dancing in a very similar way to how she was dancing in the field. So I'm kind of questioning if she gave herself the acupuncture there or if she was dancing to just try to shake the memories of what she just did out or if there was if it was actual dancing of happiness because the only one who can condemn my son is now gone, you know, Um but that scene I just thought was so perfect, so masterful. And I love a lot about this movie, but that scene just stood out to me so much. Um, so you like jumped way back, man. <laughs> um, I did like, um, I'll tell you. So I know this like dancing scene at the beginning caught your attention. And I mean, you know, but, when she is chopping the herbs with what looks like a paper cutter, which I think look terrifying. Those are terrifying anyway. I was always afraid I would lose a finger in elementary school, guys. Um, or at least like the tip of one. And she's like chopping the herbs, chopping, chopping, chopping rhythmically. And she's not watching. She's looking out the door and then her son gets hit by the car. He does get hit by the car, right? Like, I don't think it was an almost... Um, yeah, no, he definitely got, uh, I don't think he gets, like, a direct hit. I think he's, like, bumped almost, you know what I mean? Like, okay. like, like, the mirror hits him or something. Okay. Um, so that, 
got my attention. And I just, he did that a few times throughout the movie. Um, And yes, when he throws the rock at her and hits her in the head, it's Mm -hmm. like we see it coming because he kind of turns and he's bending down and he's about to do something. But still, it was just so shocking. Yeah, uh, 100%. Also, um, I love that they talk about a couple of times the acupuncture technique to remove the hurtful memories, um, you know, throughout the movie. And she even offers, uh, at one point, to use it on her son, and he declines. But then she, you know, she opens her kit at the end, and I'm like, she's going to give herself that technique. And I just loved it, because, you know wrapping that up at the end um yeah um also i kept thinking the technique was like oh oh we didn't even like there's so much to talk about i i love the part where she gets sick um i forget why she's vomiting she ate something or something went wrong but she gets sick and she's vomiting and when she's vomiting there's like a real quick flash to a young kid who is clearly the son and her like holding a vial at him and then it's later revealed that she like he remembers her poisoning him and like they were she was going to basically kill her son and kill herself because they were going through such hard times but then it wasn't enough poison um or it was too weak of a poison so they were just sick for the whole weekend so like when she's vomiting in the present time it reminds her of the time that she poisoned herself and we get just a, enough of that so that when it's revealed that all of it makes sense and we're clicks like, and yeah it's oh and you're like oh man and that's I actually thought the acupuncture thing because she kept referencing it might be like a like a kill point, and like she's mm-hmm. trying to like get people, to, but it wasn't obviously because again Dang. at the end. But I the way she that. kept doing it, I was like really suspicious of her. I'm like, why, man? It's like is she gonna like kill him so he doesn't end up in jail? Because that was the other like she had said, I'd rather us be dead than suffer. So I was like, is she gonna kill him so he doesn't have to suffer in jail? Like I was, I didn't know and. She, her decisions are so erratic. Um, well, I'm not extreme that she's a terrible person, but we learn that, and I get, I don't get it. I'm not going to say I get it, but that's her son, mm-hmm. you know. But she does things throughout the movie that you're like, she's not a great person. Well, she's she's you a know, desperate person. She's like, desperate. It is desperation. But still, I mean, she broke into his friend's house. Yes. Uh, that, you know, I, I see why she did it. She was trying to gather evidence and she wasn't expecting him to come back. But still, you know, and I also realized the police weren't really doing their job. But um, we find out about the poisoning. She kills that man. You know, like, it just always boggles my mind. When someone's first thought is like to be violent or hurt somebody, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because she just goes for it, and I'm like, whoa, um, yeah. But then she does some, you know, like uh, she meets with Moon's friend and is, you know, getting her in a situation so she can talk to her, and that girl sneaks off and she ends up saving her. There, you know, wasn't really, I don't know. She had what she needed at that point, I guess. There wasn't, she didn't have to do that. Yeah. I think that it's interesting that she starts working with his friend 
Gente after she tries to have him arrested. I, I love him. Like I love his his kind of twist. Um, there is he's a big part of the theme that se- seems to recur a lot with Bong Joon Ho, which is like the the class system, like the <laughs> lower class and the upper class. There's always like I mean, all of Snowpiercer is blatantly about that, and this yeah. has that with Gente. Um, and the the country club, right? Like the whole golfer thing, and um, he definitely feels like you know he's looked down upon, and um, they drive the bins. Where else would they be going? <laughs> yeah, right. And he, he is he is suspicious. Like I totally was like, yeah, he did it. Totally think he did it. You know, um, only to find out no, he's not he's not a bad guy at all. But he is, you know, um, I mean, he's definitely a bad guy. Like he's not he's not doing everything correct because. He lets, I mean, he puts them in debt basically because Jinte was the one who broke the mirror, but blames uh, the uh, the son so that he doesn't have to pay for the mirror. Oh, mm-hmm. so I mean, he's not a good guy. I mean, that's what puts them into debt. That makes her really desperate for money, and like it's a, there's a lot connected to that. Um, but yeah, so some stuff that made me real uncomfortable though, uh, when he comes home from being drunk. He gets in bed with the mother, and which yeah. is weird on its own. But then the way he lays, he curls up and definitely puts his hand on her boob. I was like, did I, did I am, not imagine it? But am I thinking this is something that it's not? But I was even too uncomfortable to rewind it. Yeah, no, that. <laughs> so oh. awkward. Like, why? I don't think it's supposed to innately be sexual as much as like maybe like a. A, a young baby like nursing and like giving us a little bit of indication that he's not all there because there's n- like so culturally i i don't know that the character he's not written to the point where he's like a stereotype of a, a mentally disabled person and i don't know what placement i would even say where it goes like there's stuff that happens but people calling him the the R word, which I don't want to say because it's a word we, we've phased out for a while. It seems to be sadly making more of a comeback than it should be. But um, I was not 100% reading that in the beginning of the movie. I was like, is he off or not? And then it, eventually I was like, oh, he is. But it wasn't as clear as some other movies that I've seen. And I don't know if that's – I don't feel like it's a criticism as much as I just – I wasn't 100% – and that's why that scene made me really uncomfortable. And then once they confirmed that he's not all there, I was like, oh, it's still bad. But at least it's like he's not it's not a normal behavior. Like everyone thinks they're weird. Like no one thinks their relationship is is healthy, like in the movie. So I'm like, OK, because it definitely didn't feel healthy. But now I'm glad to know that it's not healthy. Like th- There's something real screwed up with these two. Dude, I don't know. That whole her poisoning them thing. I. Mm-hmm. That was unexpected for me which i also think that maybe his not being all there is a result of too i think that could be like a side effect he was so young he got Uh poisoned so maybe like it messed up his development like that's i don't think those are unrelated from what i can tell bong joon is really good about everything pays off like there's no like wasted space and again just one of those things like why was that you know her reaction i don't know to like go to that desperation like yeah like yeah. she it's like you know zero to a hundred <laughs> like every time yeah. i don't know i mean 
yeah, that is definitely, uh, there's a, a sense of desperation about her, like, all the time. Um, like, everyone's against her and her family, and I don't, I can't dispute that. It does seem like that's the case. It seems like everyone's against her, and... Well, um, she has that one friend that, or, well... The the woman that she works for is is not very nice. There's a lot of people who you, like like to take advantage of her acupuncture. Um, she didn't threaten they, her. Yeah, the the one lady She's did. Like, are you licensed? But I mean, that's I guess like there's a legitimate reason to ask that question, I suppose. But I felt like she was holding it over her head more, though, because yes. I mean, if you're really concerned about it, then you wouldn't use her services. Fair point. Fair point. But even I love the the way he sets up that acupuncture case because she loses it in the junkyard. Yes. I was like, and mm, the, girl. And when the son gives it back to her at the end, I'm just like, wow. Like, does and he doesn't seem to fully get it. You know, like he was surprised that the junkman's house had burned down. Finds the mother saying, "I don't know that he puts together what happened." You know, really, I felt like it was a. I know what you did. It's hard to tell with him though, yeah. right? Because also with uh, so. The the real the thing that she I think as bad as it is that she killed the junk man, she lets the the boy with Down syndrome, JP, take the place as the murderer, because they find a shirt with the girl's blood on it. But that we know from the nose the nosebleeds that she gets because of the whole interaction with the photographer thing, and she lets him take the 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 rap, and he, when they're when he's out when the son is out he's talking he's like. Why do you think he put the body there? Maybe I think it's because he knew she was really hurt and someone would see. But he doesn't seem to be aware that he's the one who put the body there. Oh, I thought he was kind of projecting. I, I don't think he is because I think there's set up throughout the film that he's he literally just blacks things out. Like I think when something is mm. too traumatic, he pushes it into the back. Like the sudden r- r- memory he has of be- being poisoned shook him like he did not remember it and then it was suddenly there so i don't i think he maybe is like how he's dealing with trauma is he's like repressed it and he was drunk on top of that right like so he was already drunk like to the point where he had passed out at the bar right like so there's a lot of variables i i don't think he knows he killed her and that's what makes me wonder does he know that the mom killed the junk man like or is he just like look what i found don't lose that it's hard to tell because he doesn't seem mad at the mom either. And he wouldn't like, he wouldn't inherently know why she killed the junk man. Cause she's not telling people that he knew that the son was a killer. Cause that would incriminate the son. Right. Like, so it, he, it, my point, he would have a reason if he believed she killed him to be afraid of her because he wouldn't know that she was protecting him. Right, because I don't think he remembers killing Moon. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's all fair. But yeah, I I think the movie's a masterpiece. Um, I love it. I I wish I could teach it. There is one small sex scene with with Jinte uh, and the the girl whose parents own the bar. Um, it's not even. It's like I didn't think they were going to show anything. Because they cut to the mom's like eyeball, like, and how she looks away. I would really wish they would have just stayed in the closet. I could definitely cut that scene out. Um, but it, it's it's still a pretty dark movie overall. Like, it's not like 
it's not a happy ending. Uh, she she gets away with murder, but and has to like I, I guess she literally gets away with it because she blocks it from her own memory. But um, if it isn't clear, uh, listeners, I'm giving this movie a uh, must see rating. Corey, I'm gonna go with not quite golden pony boy. And that is episode three of representing. We have one more episode left this month, and it's Corey's pick. She has gone with Sweetheart. Um, directed by J.D. Dillard um, and stars Kiersey Clemens, Emery Cohen, Hannah Mangan, Lawrence, um, Benedict Samuel, and Andrew Crawford. Only five people listed on the cast. So this is going to be a very, uh, well, It's here's why. Jen was washed ashore a small tropical island, and it doesn't take her long to realize she's completely alone. She must spend her days not only surviving the elements, but must also fend off the malevolent force that comes out each night. Interesting. Um, has a 3.0 on Letterboxd. I'm not currently on IMDb, but um, it's not a bad rating for a Letterboxd average out of five stars. Uh, and it's in Corey's wheelhouse. It's only 82 minutes, everybody. Um, that'll make Corey happy. Oh, Jason Blum is a producer on this. So was this a Blumhouse? It is on Netflix, though, listeners. That's where we'll be watching it. Um, I do think it was a Netflix original, if I recall, but uh, I've liked Kiersey Clemens in several things. Um, I think I've only seen her uh, in a couple of bad movies where I, I don't feel like it was her fault, but uh, there was one movie I couldn't even finish watching um, that had something to do with her being a musician, and it had a... Oh, um, I'm going to draw a blank. The guy that's in Hereditary, and he's also in Miller's Crossing... Gabriel Byrne and um, he was supposed to be like the, uh, the, the manager for like the, the label or whatever. And I was like 15 minutes in and it was just like the worst performance I've seen from either one of them. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can make it through this movie. So I didn't. Um, and I don't remember the name of it, but it wasn't good. So uh, I'm hopeful for this one though. Again, seems like it's got some positive reviews. Um, we'll be watching that and reviewing it as our last episode for uh, this theme representing before we get into next month's theme which we'll talk about on our next episode um in the meantime you can follow us on social media i am at burke reviews and Corey at Corey r star two r's on the end and if you like what we're doing here at movie club podcast we ask that you take just a few minutes and rate and review us it helps other people find the show um and with that we say keep watching movies hey this is matt from what i watched tonight Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs>